Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome everyone, I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where I get to talk to editors and reporters about the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, my guest is James Kleiman, the Managing Editor of our newsroom, and we'll be discussing the biggest stories we've covered this week across all of our brands. Before we dive in, here's a word from our sponsor. TMS is out to grow happiness for you and your customers. From the way they pick up the phone to the innovative, intuitive technology that makes things easier for you and your customers, TMS is all about providing the best experience in the industry. It's why they have grown to one of the top 10 in the nation and why they've earned a 98% customer satisfaction rate. Partner with TMS and see for yourself at subservicing.themoneysource.com. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Great to be with you. Great to have you. Wow, such a huge week. So, you know, the big elephant in the room, the thing that we can't, uh, you know, that we should start off talking about is just some of the uh, international news that's definitely uh, affecting mortgage rates and some other things. So, um, you know, let's let's talk about that first. Yeah. So obviously, if anybody has Twitter or any other Kind of uh, kind of social media. I'm sure they've been inundated with uh, with news about Russia invading Ukraine. It, it is uh, hard to hard to avoid. Uh, I think there's probably a lone guy in a, a cabin in Wyoming who's the only person in America who doesn't know this yet. And, and certainly, mortgage uh, brokers and LOs are, are certainly aware of it. And, and so, really, here, here's here's what I've heard so far. And it's again, it's only been a day, so we haven't had a lot of time to do a ton of reporting on this, but. Um, the expectation is it is going to probably cause a small decrease in rates. Uh, you know, when, when an event like this occurs, it affects so many different parts of the economy and it really spooks investors. And, you know, paradoxically, all of those things are usually bad for the economy, but really good for uh, the housing market and mortgage. And so uh, I think the expectation is that interest rates, which have been typically over the last week or two, hovering around the 4% mark, you know, depending on the index that you're using, 3.9, you see a few 4.3s in there, you know, it really depends on how many points you buy and, and a few other factors, credit, etc. Um, but I, I think from what I've heard, you're probably going to see a small decrease. You know, we're not talking like it's going to drop another you know, another 100 basis points, and it's going to look like it did last year. Um, we're not going to get back into the twos. Without a doubt, we're not going to get back in the twos unless there's, you know, an incredible black swan event or, or something wild that occurs. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say you'd probably see the high threes for a little while. You know, there's a lot of economic anxiety. There's uh, even further pressure that's probably going to be put on global supply chains, um, especially certain commodities, oil, natural gas, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and all of that in its own way affects mortgage and, and it affects treasury. And so um, I think you're probably going to see the high threes, the low fours, um, but I wouldn't expect a dramatic, dramatic decrease. However, you know, there are other things to consider, right? Like we, we are currently out of the Omicron wave, uh, at least where I am here in Brooklyn. Um, but as we know, there are other variants and, and this is a very uh, difficult 
virus to contain in its entirety. And so, you know, at any point we could absolutely see another variant that begins to spread and we could be really all right back where we started. So, you know, I think it's really too soon to say what exactly is going to happen with interest rates in the economy. And, and in my view, like you can kind of throw those predictions, you know, out the window. It's, it's, it's probably the least predictable economy um, in many years. There are just so many variables. There are so many, um, you know, factors you can't isolate. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, at, at this point, I think you're probably going to see in the high threes, low fours, unless there are, you know, major changes in, in, you know, global conditions or domestic conditions. Right. And and we saw that in the Freddie Mac survey that um, we reported on yesterday, which, of course, lags a little bit. It, it's not real time. But even so, you know, we had seen um, the likelihood of that invasion coming. And, and that definitely, to your point, it spooks the markets. Yeah. And, and there are other things to consider here. Uh, for example, this has now become very much a purchase market and we are entering the spring home buying season and, and we're entering an with higher mortgage rates and it's not like inventory is rebounded all that much. And so, you know, home price growth is going to remain pretty firm. And, uh, and that, that just, that creates a lot of difficult conditions for first time home buyers and, and for all sorts of other uh, entrants into the market. So, you know, it, it really means if, if you're an LO, if you're a real estate agent, like these are tough times uh, comparatively speaking to 2020, 2021, where, I mean, heck, you know, if, if, um, if you sneezed, you could probably make money as an LO or a real estate agent. You know, it was it was really a, an incredible boom time, and and so now we're really, if, if you think about it, you know, we're we're kind of seeing a return to the norm. You know, this is this is a, a very cyclical industry, and although there are a lot of headlines that have talked about you know the bloodbath that is to come, all the layoffs, all of the you know the contracting of of the industry, and and it's not that it's untrue; it is absolutely true. But the reality is, like mortgage moves in a cycle, right? So, you know, you, you look at twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and and that's the anomaly. You know, I I just it's really that we're kind of returning back to probably twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and that's give or take what about two trillion in mortgage fundings? You know, somewhere around that mark. And, um, and and again, given that rates are much higher, I think you're going to see uh, purchases the name of the game and LOs who have just been you know, nailing down rate term refis and buying leads from their wallet and all of these others, they're going to have a much more difficult time in 2022. And, uh, you know, what, what is it the phrase, the, uh, the wheat separates the chaff? You know, it's, it's we're getting there. You know, so that really um, the story that we wrote earlier in the week on mortgage apps, where we saw a decline of 13 percent down to the lowest level since December 2019, to your point. Right. Like maybe this is more the norm, the normal than the last two years. And, you know, the headline on that story is interest in refi sinks even further because, you know, no one's no one's really going to be like, oh, wow, it's in the it's in the high threes. Definitely. When they weren't maybe a couple of weeks ago, if it was just like around four, like it hasn't declined to the point where refis really come into play anymore. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And, and if you look at the, the mortgage bankers associations index, the refi component fell 15.6% from the prior week. And so that means that overall refis are down about 50% from last year and, and, you know, purchases down, but that's really a factor of 
inventory. And so the purchase index was down, I think it was like 10% or something. And and so overall, you know, you combine all of this and mortgage apps are down 41% from last year. And that's almost entirely due to, you know, a, a full percentage point increase in the 30-year fixed rate. And yeah, the, the same problem with inventory just not being available. You know, you want to buy a house, but there are six houses on the market and, uh, you know, five of them have you know, multiple bid uh, situations. And then the sixth one is priced, you know, double what it should be. And it's full of termites and mold. And, and you know, maybe there's a body in there and, and it's still, you know, <laughs> they're still asking a million five. So that's that's kind of the state of the housing market right now. Um, so, you know, but there are there are interested parties out there. You know, people want to buy homes. There's so much more demand than there is supply. And, and so I, I think the challenge is going to be, you know, are you resourceful enough to find the people who want to buy uh, right now, you know, who decided that their company is now permitting them to work from anywhere in the country. And so they're going to take advantage of that. You know, they're going to move to, I don't know, Idaho. They're going to move to Boise, right? Or they're going to head off to Austin if they're in tech or, you know, any number of places that kind of the what they've called the middle tier cities that are actually getting a lot of helium, like a Buffalo, for example. You know, I know plenty of people who have left New York City to go to Buffalo where you can still buy a home for $450,000. And it's a really nice home. You know, wow. because of buying anything like that in New York, New York, it's just, it's not achievable. Um, but if you're in LO, you know, how, how do you get, how do you get to that person first? Right. So let me give an example. So my, my wife and I went up to upstate New York over this past weekend and, uh, and we saw some friends and these friends, like a bunch of people I knew, they decided to leave the city during the pandemic. They had a tiny apartment. They had three cats. They both, you know, had to work from home. And, uh, and so they left for space, they left for a little bit more room. So they end up in in a town called Beacon, New York, It's like an old historic town. It's, it's really charming. It actually looks a lot like Brooklyn, which is kind of funny. And, uh, and they decided to, uh, to take the plunge and they bought a house. And they had multiple bid situation, the house that they had, um, that they had successfully bid on, actually had been price chopped only a month earlier, and then they had multiple bids to, to contend with. And so, you know, it, it's sort of like the the absolute insanity of, of that scenario. And then I asked them, okay, so, you know, tell me about the process of getting a mortgage. You know, like, what did, what did that look like for you? Did you first, you know, contact a real estate agent? Did you, you know, did you know an LO directly or a lender or somebody in the community? You know, how, how did you reach um, the LO in the end? And, and what they told me was interesting and, and something I hear a lot more often than I used to, which is um, they have a financial advisor. And so they knew they wanted to buy a home. They knew to be competitive in this market, they had to put a lot of money down, you know, well over 20%. They had a super competitive offer to win. So they knew that they were going to have to waive a bunch of contingencies, which means you need a little bit more money, um, you know, kind of set aside. Let's say it doesn't appraise, you know, at, at the number that you were expecting or want, right? You might have an appraisal gap that you have to account for. You might have, I don't know, maybe there was a foundation crack, you know, like who knows, people, people are buying all kinds of homes these days with like critical flaws. And so you have to have a little bit left aside. And so this financial advisor said, sure, like, you know, here's, here's the number you need. Okay. We have the number. Let's do it. Uh, can you recommend, you know, a, a mortgage loan officer? And it, it just so happens that this financial uh, advisor had a relationship already with uh, cross country mortgage. 
And so my friends ended up just getting a mortgage through cross-country mortgage. And I said, okay, did you know anything about them? Like, did you do any research beyond it? And they said, no, like our guy, our financial advisor who is entrusted to care for our money and, and the future of our uh, family said, this is the person to go with. And so we just said, okay, great. You know, and, and uh, they were relatively happy with the experience, but, but I think a lot of it is, is to say that they don't know much about the experience, right? They, they don't know what they don't know. And so uh, what made the difference for them was just the first contact. And so maybe if another LO had some sort of a relationship with this financial advisor, uh, maybe they would have ended up getting, you know, the, the commission on this deal, but it's not like these friends of ours had, um, you know, any brand awareness or interest. They'd maybe heard of, you know, two or three mortgage companies outside of the bank that they use for their personal checking and savings account. Um, and so, you know, I, I think this really kind of sets um, sets a scene here, which is if you're an LO, how do you reach that financial advisor going forward? And, and are you are you diversified enough in your knowledge of different loan products that you can find people who are maybe outside the conventional conforming box, right? Like that's, that's another factor here. Like we, we know that home prices are probably going to continue to, to push up and that's going to push some of the borrowers out of conventional conforming financing. And so can you offer non QM? Do you have those relationships? Do you know how to do a bank statement uh, you know, loan? Do you know how to do an interest only loan? Uh, it's, I, I think this is really going to separate a lot of those who have been in the business for a while and, and who have contacts and who have uh, the ability to, to kind of withstand uh, a slowdown uh, and, and not just rely on, you know, easy to make refi money. Like anybody can make money when rates are in the twos, right? Right. No, it, you know, um, we have had um, Housing Wire puts on, you know, different kind of conferences and starting in, in 2017, one of our most popular sessions was always referral relationships. So it was, you know, helping, uh, you know, we'd have experts on who had who had done the kind of things you're talking about. But, you know, like not just, you know, is it divorce attorneys? Is it OK? Well, how do you really reach the uh, financial advisors? How do you reach, you know, obviously realtors? Because in a purchase market, so this was, you know, pre-pandemic, in a purchase market, that, that's your bread and butter. I mean, referral relationships are everything. And then, of course, um, you know, there's a ton of tech out there to let you know when someone is in the in the market to buy. I know way back then we, we had um, some experts on who said that typically people were looking online in a certain way, right? You could you could identify their behavior that they wanted to buy a house about eight months ahead of time. And that's not just going on Zillow because, you know, a ton of people just go on Zillow for fun. But um, so how do you identify? How do you find them? How do you get there first? How do you win their trust? How do you, how do, you do all of that? And I think your point about, you know, what kind of products they're offering and how creative they are, this is, this is going to be the time. And it makes me wonder, a lot of the companies that we featured during the pandemic who are bringing in LOs who that's not, they didn't have a mortgage background. They didn't have a financial background. They were teachers, they were whatever. How do those folks fare in this new, you know, world or new to them world of purchase? I, I don't think they fare very well, Sarah. <laughs> I, I wish I could report more positive news, but there's no reason to think that that they'll, unless they're especially savvy or, or crafty or, uh, you know, in some cases probably just get lucky or, you know, an immensely quick study, I, I think they're going to struggle because it, 
in in some cases it doesn't just come down to you know your ability to sell something but your ability to develop a relationship and trust and you probably if you've been relying on easy money refis and and you're you know incentive driven as most people are you have probably just been chasing the easy money you know like who spent 2020 and 2021 if they're new to the industry saying you know what i'm just going to to focus on purchase business even though you know i have all of these other opportunities that are easier and faster sitting right in front of me and and so you know it's a short term decision and it, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily um you know left for dead in a market like this but it's going to be a real uphill climb and they're going to be competing against LOs who have withstood different cycles, you know, who remember the, you know, the, the old days of 2018, you know, so right. it's um, so long ago, so long ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because I also, I put out a, a lending life edition earlier this week asking people like, what are you doing to gin up purchase business? You know, do, do you rely mostly on existing relationships, you know, maybe past borrowers that you have who will recommend, you know, to a friend, uh, you know, that, that you're, you're the right person to originate a loan for them or, you know, are you using the, the lender's database to, to mine for business or, you know, what are you doing to try to get there? And um, I had some pretty funny responses. One of which was uh, there's a guy down in Texas who often goes to gentlemen's clubs and gets a lot of purchase business there, which. Oh, now that's interesting. That is a new referral relationship. We have not covered yet at our, at our events, but maybe we need to. I, I don't know that that seems, that seems like a risky click, but it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly, I think telling that people are really branching out and thinking about uh, different types of ways to reach, um, you know, prospective homeowners, and so you hear a lot of people who are trying to target smaller builders. You know, they they know that the big, uh, the big companies like Lenar and uh, you know and, and KB Homes and, and some of these, they already have their own mortgage companies, and the attach rate on some of those is in the seventies, eighties, and and it's just it's just very unlikely that you're going to you know end up getting a commission um, off that one. Um, but if you're a smaller home builder, you know maybe somebody who's building seven or eight homes in uh you know in, in an area that used to be farmland or something or you know suburbs whatever um i think you have a much better shot of you know making it easy because they want to sell that home and they want to make it as 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 easy a process as possible so if they package you as the loan expert as part of that deal for the prospective home buyer you know i, I think there's a lot of value add um in, in you know relationships like that so you're seeing a lot of that um i've heard of a lot of of um, interesting uh, referral ideas. Some people use their kids like travel baseball teams and soccer teams as a way to kind of, you know, just like talking to people on the sidelines, like, Hey, you know, it's all oh, your kids number 11. He's really good. You know, he's going to be a star someday. Like, Hey, so, you know, yeah. And, and just trying to, to start conversations that way, just networking, uh, hustling as they do. Right. It's, it's a sales business and, so in one way, I'm like, like, oh, that's great. And in one way, I'm like, is this become Amway? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're, you were sitting maybe. there and you're trying to sell me something, but but it's something that people really need and really, really want. Yeah. And uh, one of our reporters uh, did a story uh, about two weeks ago, and, and she uh, she spoke to a guy who gets a ton of purchase business by going to women's salons. And just like chatting them up and, you know, they got their hair back and they're getting, it's a captive audience too, right? Like they're not going anywhere. They, yeah. So that's, that's kind of another funny one, but that's, well, that's going to be the story I, of the year. 
I've definitely had uh, long conversations. If you're sitting in this lawn chair and you're going to be there for an hour and a half, you're doing color, whatever, you, you have time to really get to know the people. And, and it's just one of those uh, those atmospheres where, where you can do that. That makes me laugh, though. I'm sure that that's a new tactic that no one had to do over the last two years. <laughs> Go oh, ahead. Right. And like, yeah. And, and um, you know, bartenders, that's another uh, group of, of hospitality professionals that uh, some of that I've spoken to are, are starting to reach out to and develop a relationship with, you know, and who, you know, it's, it's what like priests and bartenders, you tell your deepest, darkest secrets and also like all of your sincere wishes. And so you know, who's, who's going to know which, which one of the regulars is looking to buy a house or you know, who for whatever reason needs like a renovation loan or something like bartenders is good a person as any, right? So. Yeah. I love to see people getting creative. That's, that's awesome to see how they're doing it. Um, it is still earning season, so we continue to see um, the fourth quarter numbers from from various uh, different lenders. So, so tell us what we found out this week. So, we've got a lot of earnings calls this week. Uh, today, HomePoint went first, and uh, and later today we're going to have Rocket Mortgage. They usually do it at the end of the day. So, uh, unfortunately, we'll have recorded this podcast before uh, the number one lender in America uh, kind of shows its hand. Um, but let's talk a little bit about HomePoint. So HomePoint has is, is always been an interesting company to me um, for, for two different reasons. One, they're they're only going to – they're one of two pure play uh, wholesalers, and they're the smaller of the two. The bigger, of course, being United Wholesale Mortgage, UWM. And so where UWM is able to uh, kind of set the market – in wholesale itself because of its size, you know, it's just, it has massive scale. It has huge operations. It can make money, uh, you know, producing loans at, it, it can probably make money at like 50 basis points. You know, like that's, that's how efficient UWM's operation is. HomePoint does achieve scale, but not at the level of a UWM. And so they are probably the most aggressive lender out there so far as I can see in terms of trying to radically remake its business to basically stay in the black, uh, you know, with all of these headwinds happening. And so I, I want to say it was in the summer of 2021, uh, I got word that HomePoint was basically doing a restructuring of their company. And it led to a ton of layoffs. It was about 10% of their, their company uh, ended up getting pink slipped. And they went to more of a regionalized model and, and really started looking very closely at costs. And that was effective once you once you really consider kind of the, the total scale of operations. But doing a restructuring is not enough. And so they've started to, to basically get out of certain parts of the business. So they sold off their entire portfolio of Ginnie Mae MSRs. And um, and that came in at about $13.1 billion in MSRs. And that um, that ended up bringing them, I want to say it was, uh, it was, it was quite a bit of money. It was about $175 million. And, and so that alone really rescued HomePoint from purely an earnings perspective in the fourth quarter of 2021. They ended up having a $19 million profit for the quarter, but almost everything else fell. And so their their gain on sale margin, it was 84 basis points in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, it was 59 basis points. In the fourth quarter of 2020, it was 216. So, I mean, like, 
it's <laughs> it's an incredible uh, drop. It's it's a huge decline. Revenue, you know, another another important uh, factor here. Revenue checked in at 181 million in the fourth quarter, and that was a decline from 275 million in Q3 and 454 million in Q4 of 2020. And origination volume, again, another decrease. It fell to 21 billion in the fourth quarter, which was a slight decline from, uh, you know, the, the prior quarter. Just, just a, you know, a few, a few percentage points there. Uh, and a year ago, they originated 24 billion in the fourth quarter. And uh, and so they're they're really, you know, what they're doing to me is they're streamlining. They are as aggressive as anyone at saying we are really going to focus on originations and keeping costs down and we are going to uh, outsource elements of our business that are not generating enough cash at this point. And so all of their mortgage service processing work has been outsourced to ServiceMac, which is a, it's a first American company. And, and so by doing that, you know, not only are they uh, removing some of the the fixed costs related to servicing uh, mortgages, but they're they're going to transfer. Depending on the verbiage you want to use, they would probably prefer that I use the word transfer about 300 employees to Service Mac. The other way to look at it is they are laying off 300 employees, and Service Mac is hiring 300 people from HomePoint. But you know, it's it's kind of an academic uh, statement at this point. So yeah, you know, HomePoint is is being very aggressive and. We know that there are other companies out there that are, are going to have to pair back dramatically. We talked earlier about, you know, an industry that has built up the capacity to originate, you know, probably close to double what what volume is there this year. And, you know, they, they funded about $4.1 trillion in new loans in 2020. Two-thirds of that was refi. And about $3.9 trillion in 2021. This is the industry in general, Sarah. And, and that's, of course, fueled by, by rates dropping because of the pandemic. A normal mortgage market is about $2 trillion. And you have a lot of people that have jobs that you probably, as a lender, don't need anymore. And, uh, you know, LOs, generally speaking, work on commission. So they're not, you know, part of the, you know, the, the cost problem. Uh, unless you're working at a direct lender and you just don't have a lot of refi business, but you know seasoned LOs who work at retail or, or in you know wholesale broker models, I think are probably going to be okay. They're just going to have to deal with a little bit less business, certainly in the the refis, but um, you know maybe purchase. We'll see. Yeah, so fascinating. Um, interesting to see what that company is doing, right? Because I just think you know HomePoint, like like you said, I mean they they are faced with the same thing everyone else is. How are they adapting? How are they moving and pivoting? And that's what we're going to be looking at. And you know, you and I have said it before. It's fun for us that there's um, more of the mortgage lenders are public companies now because you really get to peek behind the curtain and know what's going on there. Yeah, and and it's worth noting that uh, you know for all of the the efficiencies at HomePoint and Loan Depot and Rocket and UWM and all of these companies that are now publicly traded talk about their investors are very unhappy. None of these these company stocks are doing well. You know, HomePoint after announcing a nineteen million dollar profit, you know, all of these these major uh, structural changes to the business, they're trading. You know, they're down today in trading and. Um, you know, Rocket and UWM are trading uh, below 
where, where they like to be as well. So it's, um, it's just going to continue. You know, I, I think lenders, for the most part, they see this as normal business and, and the outliers 2020 and 2021. So, so we're, we're back to the good old days, the 2018, the 2019, you know, some bumps in the road, some opportunities for purchase. But uh, yeah, the, the, the good old days are, they're done. They're done. Yeah. I think that that, um, from your perspective, that seems like that's the theme of this week's coverage. And, and I think that reflects the reality. Um, I would point all of our uh, listeners, we've had so much great coverage. It's hard for us to pick exactly what we should talk about because we have so many um, different beats being covered. So we have people at servicing this week. So we had some great uh, big news from FHA on the potential for a 40-year mortgage. We have just a, a plethora of things. We have a, a, an update on home builders and, and what they're seeing and, and what we see. If Is there any any break in inventory coming our way for the spring home buying season? So tons of great stuff out there. And definitely we'll be keeping an eye on the rocket coverage that you guys will, will be writing up and, and anything else that comes up. So thanks so much, James. Thanks very much, Sarah. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.